1: From the highly secure, top secret, soundproof location, Jeff, you can put down the guitar. The guitar music can stop now, please. We're about to start the show.
0: Uh, I was playing with my teeth. It kind of hurt. Okay. It's not, my dentist hates that when I do that.
1: When you play the guitar with your teeth? Yeah. Anyway, we are uh, here for the, the headquarters. We're here in the headquarters of the Spurs Insider Podcast for another edition, and all of a sudden, this is a podcast about a team that might be a playoff contender might be a legitimate team that could win basketball games in the NBA? If, if you go back almost two months, this is a winning team, going back to mid-November. Is, is, is this a bit of a surprise to Jeff McDonald, beat writer for the Express News, who's also here with Nick Talbot, sports editor when, at the when Express When was our News. last podcast? It's been a while. It's been a, about a uh, week and a half. The last
0: t- okay, so as we sit here today, the Spurs are in ninth place. The last time we had a podcast, the Spurs were in ninth place.
2: I think they were in eighth place, actually. They're, so they're fading
0: fast. <laughs>
2: it's it's a different vibe. <laughs> I know. I'm
0: just by, giving you a hard. The time, Spurs so have fewer. Like
1: to the Spurs have fewer losses than the eighth place team. That right is now. right.
2: I, that is correct. And I usually go by the loss column because, you know, the eighth place team is playing pretty good though, and just beat yeah. them. Yeah. yeah.
1: I it's am true. your host, Mike Finger. I did not say that earlier. We are back for another edition. The Spurs are coming off of a kind of a resounding, rousing victory at Toronto where they trailed by 16 points in the second half and came back with a lineup with an approach that kind of makes everyone happy. I mean, that there was Marco Bellinelli, friend of the podcast, who was on the floor for a lot of this comeback when the Spurs were playing zone defense. And, um, you know, Lonnie Walker, who's played great, who's been a big part of the Spurs' improvement lately, was not having one of his better team, better games. So Pop goes to Marco, looks for something, finds it in his own defense, and Marco misses a couple of shots that probably could have put the game away late in the game, but then it comes back and hits the go-ahead shot. Lonnie Walker's on the floor for his defense, kind of helps put the game away with a rebound. It seems like... Greg Popovich, the guy that everybody in, uh, in San Antonio has loved to pile on lately, has been hitting the right buttons.
0: Everybody loves it, and
2: nobody's complaining on Twitter. Exactly. The the button that works best I'm is lying. LaMarcus Aldridge <laughs> from 3.
1: This is something that we could get into today. There are a lot of developments with this team that have been uh, shockingly positive lately. and uh, Shockingly? One positive. of, I mean... The theme of the Spurs Insider Podcast here in the highly secure, top-secret, soundproof location for a lot of the season has been all the things that have gone wrong and what the Spurs have to do to look towards the future um, in terms of rebuilding. This is a team now, like I said earlier, that has been a winning team for like seven weeks now. If they're a winning team for the rest of the season, even a 500 team, they're probably going to make the playoffs. Um and there are good things going on. Uh LaMarcus Aldridge turning into what what Pop said in Toronto yesterday, uh LaMarcus Aldridge's twin brother. This guy that <laughs> Jamarcus? J- Jamarcus who who puts up three-pointers at of uh, uh Davis Bertan's type rate. That's
0: Jamarcus with a J.
1: Yes. <laughs> Jamarcus with a J. He's added the J uh to his game. This is it's on it, on one hand, just totally fascinating how a guy can – it's not like he just started making them. Like, he started taking them and taking a lot of them, going from taking almost none to taking a lot of them. Like, he's shooting four or five a game, mm-hmm. and it, and he's making more than 40% of them. Like, he's among the league leaders if he was qualified, mm-hmm. and he might have qualified yesterday. I'm not sure. But he's, he's among the top. Ten top five in percentage. Has he hit a career high? He's completely miss? he's completely yes. changed. He's he's made his career high in three pointers. We're not even halfway through the season. He's gonna he's on pace to more than double uh, not only makes but attempts everything. And it just like started one game. Yes, mm-hmm. like just there it, was there was a kind of an easing into it in mid December. Um, I I wrote about this last week. There was a game and I, and I mentioned it to you. I was at the Brooklyn game in San Antonio and I came into the press room that night and I mentioned it's kinda weird. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge no, weird. finished finished his pregame routine, which he's a creature of habit, he's been in the league for more than a decade. He does the same thing before every game. And he finished his pregame routine there, shooting, you know, eight, nine jumper three point jumpers from each spot around the arc. And I was like, I I'm not sure if I'd remembered him doing that before, but he was making all of them. And uh, my point that night was like, it's. I guess it's never going to happen in a game, but he can make them if they're open. And all of a sudden, like he might have shot two that night, two or three. It, it, it was that point when he was kind of e- quickly easing his way into it. And then all of a sudden he starts shooting five a night and making three of them, making, making two or three of them. It's, it's been amazing. And I'm not sure why it happened all of a sudden, but it has changed the look of the entire offense.
0: There's been a concerted effort to they have to shoot more threes, and that just seems to be the one of the ways they're doing it, is having their uh, four or five men shoot threes, like the rest of the world.
1: Which a lot of the, like the rest of the world does.
0: For like a year and a half, the big question issue with this team is how to make LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan coexist. How can those two coexist? And they seem to have finally figured out the formula, but it's backwards than you would think, which is your guard doesn't shoot the threes, your four- or five-man does. Yes. And I think a lot of DeRozan's hot streak lately has been related to now somebody's got to go stand out there with LaMarcus, and it's just clear sailing uh, for DeMar to the basket. Absolutely. Like his his hot streak and LaMarcus's three-point shooting, it's almost game for game has gone hand in hand.
1: And it's not just you say hot streak, which is accurate, but it's not just a week. Like no. Demar has been playing well for games. a while now, almost as long as maybe longer yeah. than
2: Lamarcus has been shooting the threes. But I, they definitely are related. I mean, that's it. Just opens up the floor. It's been what we've been saying that all along. What are they missing from last year? It's Davis Batons, but he he's not that great of a player. He just opens up the floor that much, and now you get a better player out there than Davis, who's yes. who's hitting these threes, who you have to guard on the interior and you have to come out there and it just completely opens up the game for DeMar DeRozan who's just who's just going wild now
1: correct and you add to the mix the 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 kind of the dimension that we've argued about in this highly secure room all year but the, the Lonnie Walker Marco Bellinelli thing but Lonnie has been more and more integrated into the game plan he's not uh, the star every night you know, there, there are nights when he gets more minutes than others, depending on how well he's playing. There's been good games and bad games. But having him play well even every other game off the bench has added something to LaMarcus hitting threes and to DeMar kind of taking over games as a, as a driver. And it's better a, defense. You know, it, it things are falling into place. And this still is not a contender to make the Western Conference Finals even, probably. But it's, it's looking like a team that... Deserves to have a shot to make the playoffs. This isn't a tanking team.
2: Yes, that is true. I think that's a big thing because last last time we were I think we were here, we were like, "Well, there's no deserving team to make the eight seed." I right. mean, that's that's the problem. It's just like what garbage team is going to make it? Right. And the Spurs might win it, get make it by default. And now with Memphis hot and the Spurs hot, it looks like a couple of teams are going to have to fight to actually earn it. And yeah, I, the Spurs I, might have a shot. At I doing just that. saw Memphis, and maybe I caught
0: them on a good night, but man, they look pretty good.
1: Memphis has been good for a while.
0: Yeah, they look pretty good.
1: Um, that game was the loss during this stretch uh, in in which the Spurs beat the top two teams in the East and maybe one of maybe the fourth best the, team in the East. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and and they lose to Memphis, and and for the casual fan that looks odd because Memphis has been bad for a while, and Memphis still is a team with a losing record. But Memphis has played really well, and and in, in watching that game, Jeff, you covered it. It's not like the Spurs were just dropping the ball left and right. It was Memphis was making everything. I thought the Spurs played pretty well. And that was an an entertaining Spurs loss. Yeah. In terms of, I mean, DeMar was taking over at times. LaMarcus was. Everybody seemed to be playing okay. They just couldn't stop every Memphis player from making three points. Yeah, I mean,
0: in that game, the Spurs made enough shots to keep it from getting out of hand. But every time they do that, Memphis would make enough plays to keep the Spurs from coming all the way back. And that, that's – you give credit to Memphis for that. Like a young team that's run by a 20-year-old, you don't expect them maybe to, to, to make all
1: those plays. Right. And in in that game, both teams were pushing 100 at the end of the third yeah. quarter. And, and the, the reaction to that when you see that kind of score is, oh, the defense must have been horrible. And sure, the defense wasn't great. But when a team just makes, has five guys out there just making every three-pointer they attempt, that's not like, that's different than just letting them get to the hole every, every yes. trip. Yes, yes. Sometimes you sort of have to live with it if a team's going to make every three-pointer. Yes. How, how, do you, how do you think the overall defense has looked during all of this? Um,
0: I mean, it's definitely improving, but that's, I mean, that's not hard to do considering it was just such garbage for so long. Right. Um. And then I then on the flip side of that, I think there in some of those wins there was a little fool's gold. I mean, they're giving up a they're still giving up a ton of wide open threes. Right. It just comes down to does the other team take advantage of it? And, and Milwaukee and Boston, for whatever reason, did not, and Memphis did.
2: Yeah, but, nor nor did Toronto. But it, they're not
0: they're not yeah they're not just sm- right. But also, I mean, they're not going to be a great defensive team anyway. And this in the NBA; you can't guard everything, right? it's just impossible. So you have to give up something.
1: Along those lines like like Nick mentioned, the the Spurs went on a 17-0 run yesterday against Toronto, and it's not like they were just locking down on defense during that. It was yeah. the Toronto was missing some shots. Yeah. But to the Spurs' credit, you're you're scoring enough during that time to make them pay for it. And this is a team that looked like it did not know how to win a lot of games early in the year when they were losing eight games in a row and just finding new ways to fall apart at the end. And it wasn't pretty at the end against Toronto necessarily, but they figured out a way to do it. And they got contributions from – I mean, Derek White played well down the stretch. Um, It just looks like there's a different vibe around this team all of a sudden now after the past few weeks than existed towards the end of December, even when they were winning some games. Yeah,
0: I think that's fair. You still don't know if it's too late. Right. Too late for what? Well, like, I I mean – Again, you're still in ninth place. You're still going to have to fight with Memphis. You're still going to have to go through that rodeo trip gauntlet where you could lose every freaking sure. game. And then what happens? Sure, sure. Yeah. And it's really going to be tough at this point. Like There's it would have been better. It would separated. have been better to get it together where you're not giving. You have a bear cushion. You're not losing to like Cleveland at home. It's of the
1: course, the, the team that lost to the worst two teams in the Eastern Conference in Cleveland and Atlanta uh, beat the best two teams in the Eastern Conference and, and might have beaten the third best, depending on where you put Toronto. Um, it's. To, you're correct that this this would have been better if it happened earlier. But what do we think of the idea that um, Pop was kind of tinkering with everything those first few months, and and maybe you know the schedule will get more difficult. But you know they, he put Lonnie Walker through something mm-hmm. that your your analogy with this was this this apple tastes great. Now we should have picked it six weeks ago, meaning he waited until Lonnie was ready to give him the responsibility. Could this be kind of true of the entire team, that they kind of had to go through what they did to get to this point?
2: Sure. I mean, there's just two big changes, right? Lonnie was in the rotation, and then Lamarcus is shooting threes. Right. And that seems to have changed the entire dynamic. I don't know how much else has really changed. It's just it just takes little adjustments. Lamarcus had to accept this at some point right. that he needed to do this for prolonging his career. Whether it was like, hey, you're not an all star anymore. You're just a guy now right. if you don't do this, or what clicked. But it's it's changed the dynamic of the offense. And they're, I think, what they've been like third or fourth in offensive efficiency since since he got he started doing and this. They're pretty good, and that that makes a big effort um, when your defensive efficiency is just average.
0: Uh, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer on the offense though, but can. um Can LaMarcus shooting 45% from three, is that sustainable? I doubt it, sir. And is can DeMar DeRozan shoot 64% from the field as he has the last 11 games? Is that sustainable? I doubt it, sir. And then what happens when both of those just drop a little bit?
1: Well, you have Brent Forbes, who's not played great lately. You think he'll regress to the mean? Like... You have regression to the mean, and you have improvement to the mean from other guys. Right. So um,
0: before you talk about Bren, you need to warn people that are listening if they don't want to hear like good things about Bren.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. They should. Here's. They should. They should <laughs> turn away for a while. Jeff, I, I Jeff, I want to run this by you. Um, I kind of just don't want to deal with bad arguments anymore. Like we spend too much. You spend too much of your time. I spend too much of my time having the same arguments over and over again. And if people just... Some people are just want to be unhappy and want to find things to... to, I get it. And some people... I get it. Like, there's no way you would understand that, Jeff (laughs) McDonald. They just want to find things to be upset about. And if you're upset about... Um De Ro- Demar DeRozan is just uh packing the stat sheet and is not a really a good player in the in the midst of a stretch when he's carrying this team to one victory after another against the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Like I'm not gonna waste my time on that. I'm not gonna waste my time having the same arguments about Brent Forbes, who is an unequivocal success story for of this organization in terms of uh scouting and development and on down the line, one of many that this organization has many, at. many. Go down the line from, you know, Gary Neal, Jonathan Simmons, you know the list of guys who are all flawed players, by the way, who are not star players on a championship team, who probably are not starters on good playoff teams. And don't really but, succeed when they leave. But to say that Brent Forbes is just this jabroni reject that we should not be. Even seeing in an NBA uniform, it's. I'm not gonna waste my time with you people. Like Brent Forbes is is not an elite player. He's never gonna be an elite player. But I'm not gonna waste my time on you people who do nothing during the day but complain about Brent Forbes and why he's on the team when he is an unequivocal success story in the NBA in terms of what he has accomplished, what he was expected to be, and what he is. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm not gonna deal with it. It's it's asinine for people to continue to obsess over Brent Forbes during a period in which the Spurs are exceeding all expectations.
0: Okay, now that you've got that yeah. out of your system, <laughs> I'd like to welcome everyone back to the podcast who uh, hates Brent Forbes.
1: <laughs> and 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 I'm not, I'm not saying Brent Forbes should Wait. play. Okay. Can they complain about Marco? Again, <laughs> the, pe- people keep saying every time Marco slides down the the list in terms of minutes played. In terms of contributions, every time he misses a shot, people say, see, the, the Spurs Insider podcast was wrong. We've never said Marco should play more. Yeah. We've never said that, that that Marco should play more than Lonnie Walker. We've never preferred one to the other. It's the 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 line was, we agree with you, but calm down. And and looking back, we can talk about this now. Would the Spurs be in a, a, a significantly different position today um, if the if Lonnie Walker had played twenty five minutes per game from the from the opening tip of the season?
0: I don't believe so, but I think uh, the people you're talking to would argue that that well they would have won this game or that game. They lost so many close games, and he was certainly that much better than Marco. That that those yeah. minutes that he wasn't playing would be the difference. I.
1: I could accept that. He would have won them games. I could accept that he could win a game here or there. I also could accept that maybe they don't beat Sacramento that day when when Marco wins right. in the game. Like, it right. go, it works both ways. Right. Right. And if Lonnie Walker had dominated every game that he'd played in, it would, that argument would hold a lot more water than reality when Lonnie's had his good games and bad games, which is totally to be expected from a young player in the NBA. Like this podcast has never dumped on Lonnie Walker. We've, we've, we're we very much pro-Lonnie Walker. I think Lonnie Walker is a huge key to the future of Absolutely. this organization. And I think that the early part of the season, Pop is not infallible. Like, he makes mistakes from, from time to time. But I think that he... he here, here's another dynamic that's interesting to me. People like to say that Pop will not tank. Pop will not consider... Um, uh, sacrificing the season because he's selfish and he just cares about this year. In a way, his treatment of Lonnie Walker has been all about Lonnie Walker's future.
2: This is true. Yeah, because yeah. to me, it seems like he's coaching Lonnie Walker like he's going to be coaching him the next five years. Exactly. Which, which, which Popovich, is not a guarantee that he's going to be here the next five years. Uh, Someone else gu- is going to be coaching uh, yes, Lonnie I would, eventually. I would guarantee the
1: opposite, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, a in, in a way, Pop's handling of Lonnie Walker has been one of the least like pop selfish things that he's done in terms of how he's he's coached this season because he's clearly clear that like even the even the 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 people who are are outraged at pop about Lonnie Walker and and Marco Bellinelli would I think they would concede that pop is trying to develop the kid. They concede nothing. Uh, you're right. Mm-hmm. They concede nothing. You're right. It's because
0: yeah. Bellanelli has some sort of uh, mystical hold over pop. That's, the that's dude I mean. does not
1: abide. I. I but but, but <laughs> okay. okay, okay again, now I'm violating everything that I said earlier in terms of not arguing with with oh, miserable not, people. You, oh, Go ahead. But but uh, sorry, I brought it up. With with without castigating. Any also, this whole podcast
0: is you arguing with miserable people.
1: This is true. But we can't, you have to be here. like You're <laughs> contractually, contractually obligated to be here. So we have to let some miserable people who... By the way, we're still seeking a sponsor for the Spurs Insider podcast and you might hear Jeff McDonald sipping beverage out of a Styrofoam cup. It is no longer a Polar Pop and we are not going to tell you what brand name is on the Styrofoam Cup as much as I'd like to because that would be giving away sponsorships for free.
0: Yeah, it would be a tough sponsorship because I'll just say it's a it's a burger place and yeah. I think their burgers are garbage. I never eat, I go there and I eat the salad. You had the salad? Okay. Peop- had the salad? If people
1: knew what you were talking about, there would it would be a problem.
0: We would need
2: we would an entire two hour podcast to discuss
1: this. <laughs> it would be a problem.
2: I've, I think I've tweeted about it before, actually. He's,
1: All I'm saying is we're looking for a sponsorship. We're still working on the brick-and-mortar podcast store. Um, that might not happen. In the meantime, you can go subscribe to the Spurs Nation newsletter and read Express News coverage at expressnews.com. But the, what I was going to say about the Greg Popovich handling of Lonnie Walker is we can we, we can talk about whether he should have played him earlier. Okay, maybe he should have. Not every move that Greg Popovich makes is perfect or the best move that an NBA coach could make. He makes his mistakes. He will admit that. But I have never doubted for a second that Greg Popovich has had a plan for Lonnie Walker, that Greg Popovich believes that that Lonnie Walker is a key part of this organization's future, and that every move he has made with Lonnie Walker has kept both the long-term interest of the San Antonio Spurs and the long-term interest of Lonnie Walker the 4th in mind. So that's what I'll say there. And and I think that if Lonnie continues on his current trajectory that the plan will have worked out pretty okay.
0: Pretty okay.
1: That's all I'm saying.
0: I, yeah, maybe yeah.
1: And and again to go back to the catchphrase, I have agreed Consistently, that Lonnie should play more in a perfect world, but it's not the defining decision or story of this season. Like, I, I, I will accept that maybe the Spurs might have won. If you consider the good games and the bad games, one or two more games with less Marco Bellinelli this year, so then I'm not they, totally convinced of that. So when
0: they miss the playoffs by one or two games? Then
1: we can talk about yeah. it. We could talk about it. I just doubt it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and some of the people who are are on the Lonnie should have played more from the jump bandwagon are also on the tank bandwagon. So you got your way there if they miss the playoffs <laughs> by one or two games. Because now they're in the lottery instead of the playoffs. I don't
2: know. I think the defining part of the season is what we've already talked about. It's, it's going to be LaMarcus Aldridge and changing his game.
1: And I don't think there's any... That's a good a segue, uh, Nick Talbot. And we can get to... A, Where's a, Ringo,
0: by
2: the way?
1: We should have mentioned this earlier. Ringo's on the road. Ringo is somewhere between the moon and New York City or between Toronto and Miami. Which is the one of the best road trips I, of the year?
0: Yeah, I think he's some. I think he's doing like a Scarface reality tour on South Beach. He might be doing that.
1: <laughs> he might be doing that. I think he likes. Uh, he likes to pick him up a Cuban sandwich in in Miami. That's always as, good. as we as one does as one does and should, and should. Um, but the 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 segue that Nick Talbot made earlier that Jeff McDonald interrupted with his sorry, but. We, the, uh, legitimately, like, correctly interrupted, because we should have acknowledged Ringo much earlier, was the LaMarcus Aldridge thing. And we have discussed on this podcast before about, you know, whether the Spurs should consider trading these guys. Are they on the trade market? Are they not? That We've never had a definite answer on that. We've never even had a definite recommendation, I don't think, for them. Now it looks like both of those guys, LaMarcus and DeMar, are here yeah,
0: I think you gotta write out the good. season. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think you gotta write out the season. A, for sure. Unless and this then... next
2: month just completely tanks for yeah. some unknown reason that is not showing on the court right now.
1: A a problem with all of that, and, and Jeff has mentioned this before, is the trade deadline is February 6th, sixth. And right, the sp- right at the right, beginning. Right when the... the Spurs when the rodeo <laughs> road trip starts. And the rodeo road trip is probably going to define whether or not they're a contender, and you're just not going to be able to.
0: That rodeo road trip is, right now, it's, of the eight games, six are against teams that would be in the Western Conference playoffs. Yes. Yes. So I don't know, like.
1: Including, they, like, think, two, two at Oklahoma City.
0: Yeah, two at Oklahoma City. And then the other two are at Portland and at Sacramento.
1: Like, normally there's Utah. some. Utah.
0: Yeah, I was talking about the guys. Oh, the non playoff teams. The, the non-playoff yeah. teams. Yeah.
1: yeah. Even the, even the non playoff games are games yeah. that are going to be tough to win. Sacramento. There's
0: no great. East. I mean, there's no. Usually they have like an Eastern Conference leg where they can bank some wins. There's none of that. It's all nope. Western Conference
1: powers. My point in bringing that up is they could decide February 6th that, hey, we're in the hunt and we're going to have gonna an eight stand game losing streak. And then have an eight game losing streak and not be able to deal with it. But I think that's just, you just kind of have to accept that. Yep. There's yeah. no way around it. You yeah. can't dump those two guys. The other thing that we've acknowledged all season long is you're not going to get um, you know, top three lottery-type picks for DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge on the trade market. You're not going to get Luka Doncic-type Returns on them. It's not like you just dump them and all and automatically get the next Tim Duncan. No, you're going to so, get bottom of the first round. So, like, there's absolutely no, I can't envision any scenario where they a decide that they want to trade either one of them by February 6th, and b get the type of return that would make that worthwhile. No, nope. it's still the the issue that we brought up before with Demar's free agency next summer still is going to exist. And yes, it's still a problem.
0: That's something that's going to be a tough thing this summer
1: because he's he He has
0: just opt in i don't know
1: he might but if he opts out um i don't know what you do the the it's 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 gonna be tough to say that they should match whatever offer he gets Mm -hmm. in the market because he's going to be one of the top guys on the free agent market and he's doing himself some favors now by the way he's playing like he's making himself attractive he's not going to get max money but he's going to get decent money um so they're they're exists the, the reasonable scenario that the Spurs might lose DeMar DeRozan next summer for nothing. And I think they just kind of have to live with that now. Yeah. The upcoming schedule, we're winding down here in the secure location. Uh, we have the the Ringo is with the Spurs on Wednesday at Miami, which should be an automatic win the way they played with against the rest of the elite right. Eastern Conference. Right. And then you return it home against Atlanta, and that's probably a loss. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but But this is kind of the last chance at, at winnable games before that rodeo road yeah, trip. Yeah, it's
0: kind of a l- huge stretch. Like, they, they can't be screwing around losing to Atlanta. And I mean, there's other ones in there. They play Phoenix in there a couple times. There's a
1: couple of Phoenix home and home at Phoenix. There's a couple of home games against the teams they just played on the road in terms of Miami and mm-hmm. and Toronto. Mm-hmm. There's and a, then the
0: Pelicans game in there. There's
1: a Pel- there's a game at the Pelicans, which is not automatic well, by any means. I mean, none of these are automatic. No.
0: but the, the, it's certainly softer than playing Milwaukee twice in a row and
1: like the games they won. They need to keep this up until the first week of February yeah, when things to get like rough. They've
0: got Charlotte at home. Like you just can't right. lose any of
1: those right what what what's your forecast we we, we tend to end a lot of a lot of these with the same way of meatballs yeah that's great <laughs> there's there's been podcasts this year where we've ended thinking the spurs are still favorites to win the playoff spot there's been podcasts where it looks not so great where where are we leaning now percentage-wise in terms of are they going to get that eighth seed Better than 50%?
2: I think it's better than 50%, but that rodeo
1: trip scares me. I would agree.
2: Uh, I don't know if it's better than 50%, just because I think other teams are kind of getting better as well. Like the Mem- like the Memphises of the world are going to get a little bit
1: better. If you look at it, I think Memphis is the only one. Yeah. Like Phoenix is still on the fringe. Portland is just imploding.
2: Yeah, yeah, I keep waiting for Portland to like improve, and I know that Nurkic needs to come back for them. And, and actually we don't for, believe, I don't know when that's going to happen. And and we don't, I don't
0: believe Zion coming back is going to
2: no, be the
1: thing Z- that fixes the Pelicans. No, Zion because they're not back. that far
0: out of it. They're a, few, they're,
1: they're a tier below, but they're they're within a hot finish of getting there. I just don't. Think I just don't think they're, they're ready. I,
2: I look at Sacramento's roster and I look and say, "This is a team," but then it's just not.
1: No.
0: They've they've been a year away for like three years now. It seems like yeah. Sacramento. It's
2: just, I don't know. I don't understand it because I look at the pieces and I think it's good, and then it's yeah. just not.
1: Memphis is going to be a power for a while. I think. Like I love. Jha. You like Jaw? I love Jaw.
2: Jaw is going to be something. He's
1: okay. Where He's okay. Is Jaw? Sure. <laughs> Where is Ja? Um, <laughs> maybe that. I, I, I like was that the Spurs t- trying to defend him the other night. <laughs> exactly. Where is Jaw? <laughs> the. They're going to be a power for a while. I'm not sure that they hold on. You know, because young teams just it takes a while. You you've seen like this this, that was Sacramento last year. They were hanging around that eight seed and then they kind of fell apart at the end. And I
0: haven't really like broken down Memphis schedule. What does that look like? Do they have a brutal eight game stretch that they're not going to be able to handle? Like everybody? everybody in the West has those. Yeah,
1: like no one has an easy schedule the rest of the way because you play everybody else. And all those are losable. So that that's games. why when Memphis
0: goes into L.A. and beats the Clippers by 30, yeah, like that is not good if you're the Spurs. Right, like you need them to lose those.
1: I, I, and I still, the, to to finish this, I I don't think the Spurs are automatic. I, I I don't think that they are. Um, you know, I wouldn't bet the house on them making the playoffs, but I think that they are the, the odds-on leader. And I I take he, them over the field is what I'm and saying. I, I would too, and I think even the if you look at some of the statistical um, forecasters out there, like the the Spurs numbers in that have been improving greatly over the past few weeks. So it looks like the 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 analytics are catching up on them, and kind of they don't have them at over fifty percent, but they have them as the as the the leader or one of the leaders. And I and I think as we've mentioned before, the Spurs probably want that spot as much as anybody. Yeah, and that will give them advantage. Um, we will. It, it had been a couple of weeks since our last one. We're going to try to do this more regularly once Ringo gets back and things settle down a little bit. Do you think
0: Ringo is going to come back from South Beach, or he's going to lose his mind and stay there?
1: He might just set up shop. Yeah. I mean, bring his going to be a skunk.
0: There's going to be a video of him like shirtless at the Sky Bar at four in the morning.
1: What's it called? The Clevelander. Yeah, the Clevelander. <laughs> down there, um, the next to the what's what's the the hotel that was in something about Mary the. Uh, Cardozo like I don't know what am I like well that's Mr. Hollywood I, don't... I mean I'm referencing 20 year old movies but yes Ringo <laughs> I'm not I'm not up on my pop culture if, okay. if Ringo who's your Oscar favorite
0: my Oscar favorite uh-huh. uh huh 1970 I can't, I can't wait to ask
1: this I can't wait for this answer <laughs> Jeff McDonald Five. who's your Oscar
0: favorite <laughs> I like uh, what's the guy in the Maltese Falcon <laughs> that guy oh
1: yeah that should be good.
2: Humphrey Bogart. Okay, then.
1: Next, next Spurs Insider Podcast, we will talk about all of the movies that Jeff McDonald has not seen in the 2010s and 2020s. Um, until then, Spurs are continuing their playoff pursuit, and we will catch you in a future episode. Until then, take care of each other and keep it real.